You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Abbott. On this episode, we are joined by Shamrock Rovers player Aaron McInef, and we're also joined by Season 1 Halifax Wanderer Lewis Perea. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. So welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I'm joined by Jerry Native and Shamrock Rovers player Aaron McInef. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks very much for having me, Anthony. Uh, yeah, we're 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 honoured to have uh, uh, to have you on the show. I'm a Shamrock Rovers fan, so this is uh, this is big moment for me. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, first question I have for you is: uh, Are you still in your mom's in Derry, and how's that been going for you? I have came. I've obviously came back up the road from Dublin because me and me missus we were we were living in the apartment together, and um, you're quite restricted with space and stuff. Uh, so we we got up we got back up home um, just before. The actual lockdown started, and uh, I'm I'm living in the house. Me and me two brothers are they're back as well. They both live in England, so um, I've got plenty of company up here, and uh, I'm getting all my dinners cooked for me. So it's happy days. <laughs> so, so speaking of that, like how how hard is it to uh, keep your sharpness and fitness? Like obviously, like with your mummy making you the dinners and stuff like that. Like how hard is this thing? <laughs> uh, look, it, it, it's a uh, it's tough because um you're not going and training with the lads every day and and doing stuff that you would usually do but uh we we were doing zoom workouts as a team and stuff and and then i've got me two brothers here as well and there's like a, a gaa pitch just literally at the bottom of my road so um we can go down and use that for to do a bit of running and stuff which is is grand but at the same time there's only so much you can do as well so I think it's just more to keep yourself mentally taken over, um, to keep yourself sane, really, because if you're sad about doing nothing, then I think you would lose a flood. Oh, big time. So, so I mean, like, I think that's, like, one of the things is that when the restrictions are lifted, like, somewhat, and you guys can go back and train, like, how long do you think it's going to take before you can actually, like, get back playing? Like, you're going to need to, <clears throat> like, almost do pre-season again, right? Mm, like, I, I, I genuinely don't know when when we're going to get back um, playing but I think if there's a date put in place for, for playing games I think you would have to give players a, f- a good few weeks beforehand to, uh, to sort of get back up the, the sharpness and, and the level of playing because if if you just go straight back into playing you're, you're at serious risk of lads picking up injuries and stuff and, and that's the last thing you want as a player or even as, as management staff uh you don't want your players picking up stupid injuries. So, as you say, they're probably you. You probably would have to do another preseason, um, even if it's in the content condensed period of like three weeks or so. They just try and give lads something under their legs before going into a match, um, because it it wouldn't be right just just to go and play ninety minutes. So, like you were uh, you were five matches into the the season, you were unbeaten. Yeah. Um, do you think they should just give the title to you, to you guys? <laughs> if only it was that easy. <laughs> as, get, as, get, as, get me for get get me first league medal um, by one in five games. 
Oh man, as as a Rover fan, like you know, I'm I'm all for it. I think I'm going to start a petition online. So, uh... well, if they, if they did it for PSG and they might do, it, they're considering doing it for Liverpool. They may they may as well do it for us as well. Exactly, exactly. So, so um, just, just kind of like just going back to the the start of your 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 pro career. So you were playing with Institute up in up in Northern Ireland, and you were picked up by by Tottenham. Like, how did that move yeah. come about to uh to, to Spurs? Um, so I was, I was playing, I was training with Institute's uh, first team for about maybe about from the summertime pre-season uh, up to just before Christmas and I, ne- I didn't play at all for the first team, just playing under-19s games and stuff and uh, I started, there was a few young lads in playing with the first team and stuff and I um I was getting a bit frustrated because I wasn't getting game time and I said the uh the manager at the time I said I'm I'm going to leave like and uh he said no you can't leave and stuff and I said well I'm not playing the first team and this was when I was I was 16 at the time and I wasn't playing the first team so I said to him I, I I'm I'm leaving and um he had a meeting with me and he said now you can't leave and stuff. Uh, you'll play on Saturday. You know this is like literally out of the blue. Like he said, I'll play on Saturday for the first team. So I was like, right, grand play, and I played and uh, got man of the match, and then I played every game since. <laughs> 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 Basically, that's that's how it went, and um, I I played from around Christmas time onwards, and uh, the trial first trial at Spurs was around maybe. Uh, Feb end of February March time went over on trial and just played like an in-house match because there was no scheduled games on me for the first time I went over and then the second time they said they wanted me to play a game played against Aston Villa and uh, I had a good game and then I got a phone call about two weeks later and they said that they wanted to offer me a contract so that's how it came about really Wow um, so Tim Sherwood, who was the sports technical director at the time, said uh, you reminded him of a, a young white team. <laughs> like, how did how did you deal with a statement like that? And uh, like, what is it about your game that made him say that? Do you think? I, I like to be honest. I didn't really. I remember seeing the interview. You said it and stuff, but I I didn't really. Uh, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, to be honest, I sort of just went on as normal, really, and. Um, I think maybe, like a as an engine and in the field that that maybe is what he related to, and uh, I think in our team now, like that's sort of that that's my game, like in the engine room with the team, and they sort of use my legs to get about the pitch and provide like a lot of energy for the team and drive drive the team forward in times that 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 needs most and. I think maybe that's where he, he was coming from, um, but I, as I say, I didn't I didn't really pay too much attention to it because, like you see, you hear them kind of things getting getting thrown about when when lads are younger all the time, and uh, it, it's you don't really know how lads are going to develop. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, like it, it's a hell of a statement. Are you sure he wasn't just saying it because you're an arsehole in the dressing room? <laughs> maybe that was part of it though. <laughs> so i know you uh i know you picked up like a bad knee injury when you're at spores like how did they, the um the, how did that injury like come about and like how long did it keep you out for um it was actually the season was like i think i'd done pre-season and 
I think it was there was about a week to go before the season started, and uh, or it might have been a week into the season or something. I'm I'm not sure. It was around August time anyway, and uh, we were just training, and I I made a slide tackle and went to get up and like push off, and my studs got caught in the grass, and my knee just my knee just twisted like, and um, I just felt it straight away. Couldn't couldn't put weight on it and stuff, and when I eventually tried to put weight on it, uh, it just felt like my whole kneecap was going to snap in half, really. And uh, they, I got MRI scans and stuff, and they they didn't really pick up the problem. So I think I went for about a, a month, a month and a half, without actually knowing what was wrong with my knee. Like, and still to this day, like the 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 technical sort of name for it, I actually don't know it myself. And it sort of it, it became a bit frustrating because um, some of the some of the physios and stuff thought that I was taking the piss to be honest and Jesus. and the, like because because it wasn't coming up on MRI scans and I'd seen one specialist I'd seen three specialists the first two in London on Harley Street they they didn't pick it up neither and um, I went to this other guy and he picked it up within literally about fifteen seconds of looking and some sort of scan and. Uh, he said you've got two options you can um, try a course of injections over I think it was over a eight or nine week period or else you can uh, get surgery and that'll be you, you out for the rest of the year so I just said, said I'll try the injections and, and thankfully they, they work to be honest yeah. it, put me, it put me out all together for about I'd say about six or seven months Wow, like that's especially like when you're just like trying to get your contract together at sports and stuff like that. That's uh, yeah. it's like mentally tough. Like how, like as a footballer, like foot injuries are a part of the game, unfortunately. But like, how do you mentally get yourself um, over those kind of those situations? To be honest, like at that at that age, like it, you don't really, you don't really understand how to deal with situations like that because you're only a young lad, and um, I just did what I could really I was doing work with a physio and stuff every day and doing a lot of pull work and I was nearly like Michael Phelps by the end of it I swam that much <laughs> to be honest I was, I was in the pool every day doing swimming sessions and stuff and uh, physically it's like it's it's nearly tougher when you're injured because the sessions aren't what you're used to and stuff um, and then You've got all you do all the rehab and stuff, and then you, you think you're fit, but when when you come back, like you're you're still way off it fitness wise, uh, like match fitness wise and stuff. And uh, it, it is a it's a really difficult period, and for being a young lad and having the experience that I think it it's it's stood me in good stead, like going forward and um, just touch wood, like you uh, you wouldn't have to go through something as long as that again. Like that's unfortunately that's one of the the things that rarely gets talked about in football is like how how important mental health is. Uh, I don't think people yeah. take it seriously or see like they just see footballers as people who get paid to do what they love and get on with it kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I know that recently you played a charity FIFA game uh, for Peter House. Yeah. How important is uh, charities like that uh, to yourself? Well, I, I think I think mental health is such a such a big thing and in the world not just in football and uh especially from a, a male's perspective because i think a lot of people would agree that like men don't really talk about feelings like 
openly enough, in my opinion. And uh, I think there there has been um, stages in my career where you're you're feeling really low and stuff, and I have like you you do go and get help or whatever, and and you speak to someone, and and to be honest, it it, it really does help. Um, and it helps without you even realizing it when you're when you're speaking to someone and and you've got you've got good people around you and stuff that 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 counts for a lot and you sort of you get yourself back on your feet again and obviously do playing that game with Keith for Pieta House it, it was uh they they raised a bit of money for it and it is it is something that uh, I think is important especially I'm just talking especially throughout the world not only in football but. As you say, uh, footballers go through a lot more than what people think they do. Yeah, and uh, like it's it's great that you took part in that. Like, I'll not go into how you got hammered by Keith, though. So uh, <laughs> you, let, you let down you let down the wrong family. Ah, <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> so uh, you, you moved to your your hometown club, Derry City. Uh, like, what was it like being a hometown boy? Like making your debut at the Brandywell. Making me debut wasn't great because we we played Dundalk and we got whacked. So <laughs> 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 we we played that. Uh, my debut was against Dundalk and they were flying at the time and uh, we had a man sent off uh, about ten minutes into the game, so we were only ten men. <laughs> I remember just chasing shadows for ninety minutes. <laughs> it was like it was just like welcome to first team football, really. That and I um. It took me. It took me a while to uh to settle on it. There, I, I remember playing that game, and um, I sort of thought it was going to be plain sailing. I'd get in the team and just stay in the team, sort of thing. But uh, the first first six months, um, from the period when I signed to the end of that season, I was in and out of the team and never really got going. Even even when I was playing, I, I knew I wasn't I wasn't really contributing that much and. It was difficult because Derry at the time we were in a, like a relegation battle, so we just the the aim of the club at that time was just to stay in the Premier Division, and thankfully we 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 managed to do that. But uh, for me personally, it was it was hard. Um, they just come in the first team football really, and and expect to to sort of hit the ground running, and that wasn't the case. Yeah, it's like it's it's definitely like I mean it's also harder I'd imagine like being from there yourself like you kind of feel it a little bit more than like somebody who's who's not from there. Yeah, well that's the thing. It's I, I remember um, one game I think we we played Drogheda and uh, I, it was it was only a few games since I moved back and um, I we played and we got beat by Drogheda that night and uh, I was walking off the pitch and like the old Brandywell. I, I don't know if you remember, you come off the dog track and there's like a gate where fans could see you sort of walking in towards the change rooms and some fella waited for me as I was walking off and he just shouted my name and said, you should be donating your wages to the foil hospice because you can't pass water. Gee, wow. <laughs> and I I, uh, I just thought to myself, I, I may as well pack it in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that, that 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 actual night we had um we had like a there was a team night out organized for a few weeks and it was sort of planned and 
I remember going home to me man there and just saying here I'm not going out today I've had enough of this <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't blame you man to be honest I'd be I'd be kind of hiding at home too <laughs> so, nah, so uh, it was it was I'm not it wasn't plain sailing when when I came back at the start and and to be honest there was only one person that was going to be able to turn it around and I, I sort of got the got the grips with that and and I think I, I got there in the end up to be honest so on a kind of uh, happier note, <laughs> you won the uh, you won the League of Ireland Cup when you were there too. Uh, I was talking yeah. to you, uh, I was talking to Ben Fisk recently, and he was kind of telling yeah. us about the experience of winning in front of the fans at the Brandywell. As a local lad, what was that experience like for you? Ah, look from from one of that that sort of period that I was just talking about. I think like after that that off season, then went back in, and Kenny Shields came in as a manager. Uh, it was it was completely different for me. I, I went away in the off season, got fit and stuff, and and played nearly every game after that. And and sort of in, in that last year, um, to go and win a trophy with your hometown club, it was it was an amazing feeling to be honest. And uh, it was a a day I I won't forget because the the whole the whole stadium was bouncing and you've got your family there and stuff, and it was it was a good occasion. Yeah, but Ben said that uh, he—I don't think he remembers that that night or the night after. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing was, it was uh, we we played on a we played on the Sunday. The, the final was on the Sunday, and um, we had a there was a we we were in the FAA Cup quarter final, um, and they uh, they wouldn't reschedule the game for like a later date. They wanted us to play it on the Wednesday. Um, and obviously, if you're going to win the cup, like you, like you, you don't win too many cup finals, so you're <laughs> going to celebrate it. So we went and celebrated, and we played the the FEI Cup quarter final on the Wednesday, and I think you all know how that would end up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It was uh, we played like... bows, and we, we ended up getting beat, but like it was it was crazy. But that's just like that's just. Shocking from the FAI though. They have to kind of realise that um, you guys like would want to celebrate winning like that. You know what I mean? It's kind of kind of p- petty, I, I think almost. They, they, they kind of need to have yeah. like you're you're still people at the end of the day, right? And like yeah. you know, when you have a success, you want to celebrate it. Um, so your next, I your, just your next, I, I, sorry, sorry, I, I just think that like it's a it's nearly about common sense, really. Like um, there's there's not a lot of people that get the cup finals and. And then there's even less that actually won a cup final, you know what I mean? And whether it's grassroots football or uh, our standard in the League of Ireland or Premier League standard, I think if you if you won a cup, then you're going to want to celebrate it, you know what I mean? Oh, big time. Um, so you uh, so next came your move to uh, to Shamrock Rovers. Um, like obviously, as I mentioned, you're from Derry. Like how hard was it to make the the move away from like your your hometown club to to Tala? Like a, it, it was difficult at the time because um, you obviously you're from Derry, you have a good connection with the supporters, and you know a lot of people in the city and stuff. But uh, I just felt that it was a time where I needed change for my career, and uh, I felt that Shamrock Rovers was the best option at the time, and um, I think it's sort of proven that it was the best option at that time, and. Since I've I've moved to Dublin, I've, I've loved it, and uh, I've loved working under the gaffer, uh, Stephen Bradley. 
and the coaching staff and I've got a good connection with all my teammates within the change room and I think we've got the we've got a good group at Rovers and uh, it's a place that I enjoy playing me football. Yeah, I mean, like a, few, uh, like a lot of the players have kind of said, like how good a manager Stephen is. Like, like f- from your personal point of view, like um, how has he helped you kind of improve your game and become a better player? I think he's um, he's for me, he's, he's probably he is the, he's the best manager I've worked under. To be honest, I think in terms of the small details that he'll he'll go into, whether you're playing. You, you could be playing against Dundalk, Van Harps, um, SK Brand in the Europa League. Like it doesn't matter. He's got he's got a game plan for each game and and he, he focuses a lot on on our team rather than the other team if you get me and he'll he'll set up ways in which they play each game and uh, for me personally, um there was things and there still is things that, that I can work on in my game and he uh He's very good at communicating them them sort of aspects to me personally, and and tell me what I need to improve on, and and how I can improve on them, and even in training, and on like a Tuesday, he might he, like he, a few week a few weeks ago, for example, he's he's taken me and Dylan Watts for uh, sessions just solely shooting off our left our, our left side, and. Uh, the next week, I score my left foot against Sligo. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just just things like that. I think he's he's very good, and um, I think with the the brand of football that we play, he's um, he's done very well and and recruited the the right people and the right players. They sort of fit in fit, fit into that style that that he wants to play, and I think that shows on the pitch. Um, so, so like, it was quite an, an eventful four season for you in Tallaght. Um. You came second in the league to Dundalk. Like everyone, obviously talks about the the rivalry between Rovers and Bowes, but how much is that rivalry with Dundalk? How intense is that rivalry with them? Like obviously, in the last ten, fifteen years, it's become like one of the biggest in Irish football. I look at like Dundalk have been the the nearly they've been like the the powerhouse for the past few years in terms of winning trophies and winning leagues and winning cups and stuff and. And that that's the level we want to get to. Uh, and I think last year, obviously, we came up short in the league. But um, I think sort of the cup final was a big thing for us and something that we needed to win to become a, a group of players that that sort of can be taken serious enough, if you know what I mean. And um, you can play all the nice football that you want and and get the plaudits for that but unless you win anything you, you, you'll never be called a, a good a great team or whatever and uh, at the game this year where we won 3-2 and Tala that, that sort of that sort of epitomised the, the rivalry or the rivalry for between Dundalk and Rovers and it's it just turns out in a great game of football for people to watch and I think that's that's what it boils down to it's in my opinion we're the two best teams in the country and um, we've we've sort of shown that in, in the football we play. Yeah, that was a. I I watched that game. It was a hell of a game. Um, like how 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 important do you think that was? Like as a victory for you guys to to get one over at them at home in the way you did. I look at it's a, it's kind of like a, it sort of kicked on from the the Bose game where we we won one 0 and I've I've said before that that's like a. 
that swings momentum in your favour when you score a last minute goal in the open day of the season against Bose it's brilliant <laughs> and, and you kick on from that and I think uh, from the cup final then that Bose game uh, we went into that Dundalk game with a lot of confidence and um, on the night we showed massive character to come out with three points to be, because I think at the time in the second half just before they scored we were playing really well and um, maybe in years before if Dundalk had a scored then heads might have dropped and stuff but we showed great character to get back into the game and then to go on and win it that night and um, I think it was massive for us but I think over the course of a season you can't really look at them first five games because uh, you can't really look at where it sort of is going to lead you to until you get into the business end of the season yeah um, it's and hopefully that that comes about. Um, yeah. We, I was talking to uh, Chris Tordek, who plays for Bowes, and I kind of got to hear the other side of it. Like, obviously, like that was his first game for Bowes, uh, yeah. a, a game against Shamrock Rovers, and they got beaten at home. So uh, it's it's football's a, a kind of crazy game. Um, <laughs> just going back to uh, the, the the FA Cup, as as you mentioned, like you scored a last minute penalty in, in front of thirty four thousand people for any kind of young players, like. How how do they calm under that pressure? To be, I'll be honest with you. When when Greener went down and the refs gave a penalty, I I just thought we've won the cup. To be honest. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> wow, that's that's a that's a thought process going through my head. I I just thought oh, we've won the cup. Absolutely buzzing, like going up to take a penalty. I don't know what it is. Like I I don't really I don't really get nervous like hitting the penalty. To be honest. And I just thought, like, this is going on no matter what. And um, thankfully it did. And at that stage, when you're celebrating, I ran nearly the length of the pitch to go and celebrate <laughs> with me with, with me family. Like, because um, I, I had about 30 people down from Derry that day. And um, it was just a unbelievable moment. But then it just shows how mad football is when they score, they score minutes later and we have to play another... 30 minutes like you know what I mean so when they when they scored that goal we were regretting running 60 yards not <laughs> 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 that you had another 30 minutes to play <laughs> I, had to, I had to catch me I don't know what it was it must have been me 30 if one by that stage <laughs> the, uh, the hamstring started cramping up and when, when Mickey Duffy scored I'd be, I'd be mates with Mickey and I said why did you do that now we have to run about for another 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Uh, so, like as you said, like you thought you won the game. The commentators on uh, on RTE said that you'd won the game, and then they go and score an equaliser. Like, how does it? How does? How do you as a team get yourself back together from that? Because that's a huge, that's a yeah. huge like kick in the the you know what, right? So yeah, no, it's it was it was difficult to be honest. It, like we we went in um before like um after full time and the whole. The whole squad, we were just in shock, to be honest, and not really, not really knowing what to say and whatever. But the coaching staff were really calm, and and the experienced players within our team, like the skipper Ronan Finn, Joey O'Brien, Alan Manis, like really calm heads because they've got they've got bags of experience. And I was actually listening to Joey's podcast the other day, and he, I I remember say, him saying, and he said it on the podcast was. Lads, look, we're all in shock, but there's nothing we can do about it. We we just have to get on with it. And and the the first five minutes and uh, extra time, 
was was crucial for us because as you can imagine, Dundalk must have been licking their lips. Like they, they were the momentum was in their favour and they must have been thinking we were down and out. But uh I think the first five minutes they, they did come at us but we, we stood stood strong and sort of rode the storm of it and, and after that the game just settled down again and um we we started playing an extra time and stuff but it, it sort of just petered out and went to penalties. But I'm not gonna lie, it was it was very difficult. Um after after scoring so late on and then them getting the equaliser it's a tough one to take but I think we showed great character again and showed a good mentality that we weren't going to back down and, and that, that, that was going to be our day you know what I mean Playing in front of 34,000 people like what's that like <laughs> you know like I think I think the, like I played football when I was a kid and I think the most I ever played in front of was like 25 hungover dads on the sideline so uh, <laughs> so, so uh, I, met, I remember what, them days myself <laughs> so so like what, what what was that like like when you're walking out through the tunnel and you're out into the pitch like what's what, what goes through your head I think when, like when when we arrived at the stadium um, and you walk out the tunnel and see the stadium falling up and stuff it's just like this is this is where you want to be like and this is the games that you want to play in, and to be honest, it, like it, it's strange because he, it, it, you never really, I never really felt nervous within the game or anything. Um, me personally, anyway, it just felt like there was that day that there was a job to do, and 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 we had to go and do it because uh, we sort of we worked worked towards the cup final, um, like for a number of weeks beforehand, and. Uh, I think, to be honest, the way we played on the day, we I thought we played excellent on the day, and just to play in front of obviously our fans are great, um, and they have like your whole family there watching that day is unbelievable, um, and it's it's a game that you want to be involved in as a as a football player, and it's sort of what what you work towards, I suppose, and and they sort of top it off. We won that day. It was just it was unbelievable. It was the best football day in my life to be honest so uh, it was like Rovers first cup win in like 32 years or something like that what was the celebrations like in Tala afterwards that <laughs> oh, was brilliant like we <laughs> like the, after the after the game we we went to uh, the Clayton Hotel in Ballsbridge and um, everyone's family and stuff was in the hotel and we had a celebration in there that night and then the next day we um the whole team went to first. We started at the Aberley in Tala. I remember I was standing on the chair, like singing my song with the fans and stuff that day. And <laughs> I think Rovers had it on their Twitter and stuff. It was it was unbelievable. And uh, that's sort of third of days that you'll never never forget, I suppose. And hopefully that's that's just the start of them, to be honest. As we said, like there, like the the season's kind of got off to a flyer. Like, how do you guys? Keep that momentum going now, but obviously with this big break in between, like, like, is the spirit still good within the squad? Like, is there like the banter still good and all that kind of stuff? Look, uh, like as I've said, there's there's a good group of good group of lads in our changing room, and I'm sure all the lads have been doing their own stuff, and we've been doing the Zoom workouts together, um, just to try and keep that sort of maybe that routine sort of you know of. Of seeing the lads, I know you're not going to see them every day and stuff, but you're doing Zoom workouts and you might have a bit of banter or whatever. And I think it's important to just sort of 
keep that within the group and I'm sure all the lads are, are doing what they can they, they sort of keep themselves going and, and when the time does come then sort of have have yourself as ready as you can they, they sort of go back in and, and hit the ground running because um, we, we, we obviously don't know what date it is as yet and that I think that's the hardest part as a footballer um, you, you never really have a period of time like this where you, you don't know a date they work towards um, so at the minute you're you're just trying to do what you can to, to keep yourself taken over until you get that, that information to be honest but as I've said in, in other podcasts as well, it's it's uh, like football aside, there's there's obviously a more serious issue in the world with people passing away and stuff with this virus. So um, you have to you have to um, take a look at that and and give respect to people who's out there working um, in hospitals and stuff to try and help people at this time. Yeah, the the, the essential workers are definitely amazing people, and we're we're lucky that these people are willing to put their lives on the line to look after the rest of us. Um, just the, the kind of the last kind of question I have, like we do like a little kind of because it's down the pub, we do like last orders where we have like a couple of questions. But before Lovely. I get into that, uh, Lovely. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so before I get into that though, like obviously, like your your brother plays for uh, plays for Arsenal, yeah, uh, and you played for Spurs. Is there like a bit of uh, banter between the two years about that? Nah, not really, to be honest. But, nah, there's nah, not really any banter because I'm. A, I'm a United fan, to be honest. Oh, and, Jesus Christ! I'm like... <laughs> so, so I, don't have, I don't have any banter about that. Like, <laughs> all right. So, forgetting that, I'll just cut that whole bit. Fucking United fan. All right. So, uh, so the what's the what's the top uh, three players that you, you admire? Like, it doesn't have to be they don't have to be playing anymore. Like, what would be your top three favorite players of all time? I would say Paul Scholes. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo and probably Ronaldinho. Nice. I think it's funny. Like uh, the players I've asked, like like most people always pick Ronaldinho rather than like Messi and um, Cristiano. So it's I I miss him. Like he, he's he's amazing. Like um, I, I I love I love Messi. Um, he's he's unbelievable. But I just. I just love how Ronaldo's got to where he's got to, but then Ronaldinho was just just a proper footballer, like he could do everything. And he like he, he just played the game with like such a smile on his face. That's what I mean. He, 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 that like if, if any anyone's given any young players advice is it's usually to, to go and enjoy your football and he was he sort of epitomized that for me. You're gonna be taking part in a five side tournament. Uh, from the players that you've played with, who would be on your team? I would have Al Manis in goal. Defenders, I would have a play with Lee Grace and Lee Grace and Pico Lopez. I'll throw them in at centre half. Play with myself in the middle. And then I'll put Harry Kane and Harry Kane and probably put. I'll throw Jack Byrne in there as well. Play off the ten. It's not. A, it's not a bad side, man. Jesus. To be honest, I, I've got. Like, <laughs> I've I've been asked these questions before, and like the lads that I've played with at Spurs and stuff, they weren't. They're obviously your teammates at the time, but you didn't have the same connection because you weren't playing in a first team with them at that time. You know what I mean? Whereas, like yeah. the te- teammates that I have when I was at Derry and and at Rovers, they're they're like nearly mates as well. You know what I mean? Because you're you're sort of fighting towards a goal, whereas you can't 
you can't really say that when you're playing under 23s football, but then at the same time, you can't leave someone like Harry Kane out of your team. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be amazing. Uh, I'll just tell this to you. McAnefe and Harry Kane is shit scandal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's the, what's the uh, what's your favorite kit that you've played in? Um, favorite jersey. Favorite jersey. I actually I liked the the pink one last year that we played with Rover. We only wore it a few. We only wore it a few times, but a lot of the lads hated it. Like, but I I actually liked it. So I, I'm I'm going to say that pink kit. I, I, I thought it was pretty cool too, man. It's uh, nothing wrong with it. Um, your favorite movie? There's been some ropey answers on this, man, to be honest. I thought everybody would be just saying like Goodfellas or The Godfather and stuff like that. We've had favorite. I'd, I'd, probably say, I'd probably say something like an Adam Sandler film, probably like The Longest Yard or Happy Gilmore or something like that. I love Adam Sandler. Amazing. Um, Happy Gilmore's. Uh, we'll go with Happy Gilmore. Yeah. That, the longest year with the shit. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, the favorite goal you scored in your career? Favorite goal last year against Cork uh, was probably was a good strike, but obviously scoring that goal in the Aviva, um, even though it was a penalty, it was that was pretty special. Yeah. Um, it, as you said, like not. Many people will get the chance to do that, so yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd say that was probably something special. Yeah. Um, and then final one, uh, favorite food. Favorite food is probably Nando's. <laughs> 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 I, can't, I can't wait for this lockdown to be over just so I can go get a Nando's again. <laughs> well, th- there's no Nando's in Halifax in uh, in Canada, so I fucking miss it. <laughs> So much. <laughs> so whenever, whenever my, like, my sister brings my nephew out, like they'll send me pictures like the assholes just to make me feel bad. So yeah, <laughs> at least you know my family is just as bad as yours. So um, I just want, <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, to hang out and just talk some football. Um, I'll try and throw in some um, translations for some of our Canadian fans to what you were saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mill. Stay safe, man, and hopefully we'll get to see you back on the pitch soon. No worries, Andy. Take care. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Holy Jesus, holy Jesus, what the holy Jesus is going on? Holy Jesus, holy Jesus, holy Jesus, what's going on? Holy Jesus, what's going on? This episode's holy Jesus moment is what the hell was going on in Cincinnati? They announced uh, Yap Stam, who's an absolute legend of a player um, as their new manager. But then when they posted about it, they put a completely different person's picture in there. Come on, man, get your shit together. Holy Jesus, holy Jesus, what the holy Jesus is going on? Holy Jesus, holy Jesus, holy Jesus, what's going on? Holy Jesus, what's going on? This episode of the Down the Pub podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Footy 25.8. Footy 25.8 is a brand new platform which stands for aspiring footballers going that extra hour a day, spanning over that extra day of the week. It brings you exclusive content in the world of football, starting from in-depth interviews with the world's top pros, 
training tips, drills, and a whole lot more. Head to footy258.com to check out more. We are joined by Season 1 Wanderer, uh, Lewis Pereira. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Lewis. Oh, thank you guys for, the, for inviting me. And uh, we're also joined by uh, Carlos Benitez. Welcome to the show, Carlos. Oh, thank you, Anthony, uh, once again. And thank you, Luis, uh, for coming up to this podcast. We really appreciate your time. No, it's, uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here, man. I have a lot of good friends back in Canada. So, um, first question I have for you is, um, obviously, you scored the winner in the Wanderers' first uh, home game. How emotional was that for you? <laughs> It was really, really emotional, you know. It was like one of the most emotional moments that I have in, in my career because uh, my dad and my mom, they were there at the stadium. And, and also, like a lot of people don't know, but uh, I had a, 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 a like my bone on my hand. Um, I fractured it. So I played, I played, that, I played that game with like a fractured bone, you know, uh, like uh, with my finger. Yeah, and I just found out that uh, like two days before the match, I was just training with, uh, and my my finger got cut up on uh, my friend's shirt, you know, my team teammate's shirt. So it twisted, and so it broke. Oh, so wow. I had to I had to play like that, you know. So it was it was a lot of emotions going through my mind that that moment. But I just wanted to play for my family, and it was it was awesome, you know, to to score that winning goal and. And just feeling the, the the emotion of the people too. Who broke your finger? It was Matthew, <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Arnone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it, was, it was him, you know. <laughs> we, we we had them on the show a couple of weeks ago, so I'll make sure to uh, give them some stick over that. Um, so, as you as you mentioned, like your mom and dad. We're we're in the crowd to watch you uh, score the goal. Um, what did what did they think of the game, and uh, what did they think of the atmosphere at the Wanderers Ground? They loved it, you know. They loved the the experience. They were really happy, obviously, because we won and I scored the goal. But um, for them, it was it was a special moment for the for like they they loved the atmosphere. Um, it was it was pretty cold day also you know so like they were freezing <laughs> but they were happy they were, they were really happy that day so um like when you came to Halifax like uh how how important was it to, to have somebody familiar like uh, Guti there like to like obviously you play with him in in Peru I think um how yeah. important was it to have somebody like that like to help you settle in Halifax oh it was really it was really important also, because like he's a really good person, so I knew he was gonna like add, add a, a, like a lot, a lot of good value to the team, you know, to the squad. We had a really good team. Um, we were we were really friends, so it was it was a really good experience for me to play with him. You know, he's a friend of mine, so it um it made the experience more, more special. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Everybody who we talk to about him always says that he's a, a super nice person. Um, yeah. So, so, so like you've scored goals everywhere you've gone in your career. Last season was kind of an up and down season for you. Um, what was the main yeah. cause? What was the main cause of that? Oh, because I had, I had a lot of injuries, you know, mainly it was, it was uh, my groin injury. You know, I had a, 
I was struggling a lot with that injury. Um, it was hard for me to play in in artificial grass. You know, it was my first time playing on on turf, so my body wasn't wasn't feeling good. So I was I was basically playing all the season with with that pain. You know, that was it was really hard for me. But um, thank you. You know, thanks for the the uh, the fans. You know, and the medical staff of the team. Like they did a wonderful job with me. I, like I could play, you know, I could, I missed a lot of games, but I try to play uh, like as much as I can, you know. Following yeah. that question, Lewis, uh, what Anthony said, um, you score, I think, four goals with the Wonders. I think you score one in the Canadian Championship and three with the Canadian Premier League. And well, I, scored, just I like, scored two in, in the Cup. You scored two in the cup. Okay, so I'm missing one goal. Then I, I got to double check myself. Thanks for correcting that. So my other question is, um, you know, for those two two goals, like in, in the Canadian Premier League, you score against Pacific always. And both, I think, I don't know if they were penalty, but they, you got two penalties. Can you tell us more like something about that? Like, do they have a course? Like, you know, when they face Luis Perea, they know like they're going to uh, have against the dude in the locker room? It was just um it was just what happened, you know, that season. Uh, sometimes as a as a striker you just get like you can score more goals uh, against one team, you know, you just it happens to it happens, you know. It doesn't it's, it's not something you force, but uh, it just happens. Yeah. Did you um when you were in the Warners, do you practice like penalties always, like you know, on training? Like because normally some some teams they have when they do go practice, they have like their top three, four guys that go for it for the penalty yeah. shoots. Where you were one of those? Yeah, I always like throughout my whole career, I I I always take the penalties, you know, I have I have confidence in me. And but I don't I don't practice that much. I just I just uh, I just take one shot, you know, one PK before mm-hmm. like one day before and it just makes me feel confident you know and it's it's been really good you know like my ratio of of of, of missing and, and scoring goals in pks is is pretty high so uh i have a good technique you know yeah uh they were per- perfectly executed so i'm going back a little bit about talking injuries that that you were just discussing when I, when anthony asked you um, yeah. you know, you, you're playing back now. How are those injuries like going? Like, are you completely healed? Is still battering you a little yeah. bit? Because no, no, I'm, I'm completely healed. You know, it was it was mostly the field, the artificial grass that is just really hard for my body. You know, and I just had to get used to it, but I couldn't get used to it. You know, I had a lot of pain when I was playing there, but um, right now I'm I'm perfectly fine. I don't have any problems right now. That's good. I'm glad to hear that because now, like in South America, you know, most of the ter- uh, of the stadiums they have uh, natural grass. Some are yeah. in good condition, some are in terrible condition back home in Peru. But you get the chance to play in grass, so I'm sure uh, that's good for your joints and everything. Yeah, exactly, man. Like I used to, we used to practice every day and. And um, over there in, in the BMO, you know, uh, mm-hmm. artificial grass every day. So it was really hard for me, but I had a great time 
over there, you know, and um, the people in Halifax are great, the fans. And I just feel like uh, you guys have the potential of being like one of the top cities, you know, for soccer in Canada. That's great. That's great to hear. I'm sure like the fans that are going to be listening to this spot, they'll be happy to hear that. Yeah, um, I actually have a question for you from good old Marvin. He just wants to know uh, what's the main differences between football in Canada and what you're used to playing in South America? I just think that um, like the players here in South America, they just uh, they're being introduced to soccer like you know, since a really early age, you know, in their lives. So you can tell that they have like more more technique that they're more used to to playing soccer. You know, in Canada, you can tell that it's, it's only growing and. Uh, I think uh, in the physical aspect, it could be they run more. Like maybe in Canada, they they look more t- uh, to the f- like physical aspect, you know. And here in South America, it's, it's mostly technical. So uh, there's there's a difference, you know. It's a big difference in terms of of, of technique and just like the understanding of the game. That, that that makes sense. It's like it's if you don't grow if you don't grow up with it, it's it's kind of harder. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm sure if you tried to play uh, ice hockey, you probably wouldn't be very good at it, right? <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Like, I've never done that in my life. You know, I've never done it in my life. So, like, I'm I'm pretty sure like Canada is gonna be better. Like, it has the potential to be better than the United States on the long run. You know, soccer wise. So, um. It's just a matter of, of time, and I, I think people are going to start loving the game more, and it doesn't be better, you know? Like, we have – you guys have Alfonso Davies that is playing for Bayern Munich. You know, that's that's something that uh, is huge for the country. Oh, it's it's amazing. And there's uh, – like, Jonathan David is coming up behind them too. So, there's a, yeah. there's a, bi- there's a big squad. Like, I, I, I think you're right. Um, in the next couple of years, Canada is going to probably take off. Just in relation to Stephen, like, what type of manager is he? Is he like a man manager where like he puts his arm around your shoulder and says like tries to help you that way, or is he like more tactical and kind of like is a little bit kind of stands back a little bit more and just watches from the side? No, he he talks to the players. I, I like that about him. You know, like he he was a he was a soccer player, and like he understands the players. He likes to talk to the players. Like he gives us a lot of confidence. So he's a. For me, I like that that type of, of style. No, that type that type of personality of a coach. And he's a good guy. You know, he's a really good guy. And I got a big heart, passionate about soccer. So I had a great time with him. I know you said that the grounds kind of caused you an awful lot of injury. Do you think that was like one of the main reasons why you didn't come back to Halifax this year? Yeah, you know, to be honest, it was a big. Re- it was it was something that I that I thought of because um, I'm 33 years old, you know, and I'm thinking of playing many years. But like, if I if I go there and and start feeling the same, you know, like I will have like a a not so good season again. It's not good for my career. So it's something that I I thought of, and I'm not saying that in the future I'm not going back. You know, I had a great time, and I don't. I don't think um, it's impossible for me to return over there, you know. 
That's that's good to hear. We, like we'd love to have you back. <laughs> so, so like you, you you played a couple of games already this season. The, the players here in Canada are just in pre-season, so they haven't played any games yet. So, how how disruptive has it been for you to not be able to play a couple of games? And then it's been really bad, you know, because at first we we only played like four games, but at first, like the first two games, the team. Uh, we didn't play good. Like we lost the first two games, you know. So it was kind of hard for us. And then the third game we tied. Uh, I happened to score that game. We played good. And then the next game, the the last game we won, you know. And and, and we were playing away against the Sporting Cristal, that is a a big team here in Peru. So it was a huge win for us. Like we were we were like going doing good, but then we had this problem with the virus. So for us as a team, you know, it was pretty bad. It was it was hard. And I'm pretty sure for the other team too, you know, because like we were already like thinking about the tournament the whole year, you know, like focus on that. And this is, it's been really hard for, for everybody, I think, because you're not, you're not being able to do what you love. Yeah, but big time. Um, look, the, the restrictions are, Quite quite hard in Peru, um, so I've heard. So, how have you been kind of keeping in communication with the with the team for your workouts and like team bonding and stuff like that? For team bonding, like we have a a, a chat, you know, on WhatsApp. So we're always talking, and, and that, that's good. And and for training, we do like a, a training sessions, you know, on, on Zoom, that app Zoom. We always do that. So um, yeah, that's 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 what we're trying to do like, almost every day. It's pretty hard, you know. Like the restrictions here in Peru, they're they're, they're really hard. I don't know. Like every day, is something new, like new cases, people people getting sick. So I don't know. I really don't know when this is gonna end. But today, the president of Peru he talked and he said that. Um, the lockdown is going to be like until the 25th of May. So I don't know what's going to happen. He's, be, he's been saying that, you know, like he talks and then he says that he's going to extend the, the, the days for, I don't know, 50 more days, 20 more days. So I don't know when, when it's going to stop, you know. Yeah, everybody's kind of in the dark right now. It's kind of, it's kind of scary. Um, Carlos, did you have another question there, man? Yeah, um, Luis. Uh, when you left the Wanderers, um, was Peru your first option, or you have other options under the table for any Canadian team, or perhaps any, any another Peruvian team? Yeah, I had, I had options for for some Canadian teams, and also from El Salvador. But uh, Peru, Peru was the one that uh, I don't know at that time it was it was more appealing to me, so I decided to come here. You're playing with uh, Preciado. It's another Colombian player. Uh, do you guys yeah. play before? Do you or you guys just bonded? Because like I've been following your instant stories, and you guys are always like seems like bonding, having fun with the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a, he, he's just a really fun guy, you know, really fun guy, and he's from my my country, and we just bonded, you know. I, I never met him before. I just met him here, and. We bonded right away. Really good chemistry between us, and and he's my friend now. You know, like yeah. through this through 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 these times, that we always talk, and and he's been really helpful for me. Um, that's the uh, beauty of football, right, or soccer, how we call it. Um, 
it gives you um, friendships, you know, no, no matter what. And speaking of friendships, my question to you is, that are you still in touch with your ex-teammates from the Halifax Wonders? Do you guys keep in touch? Yes. Yeah, man, of course. Um, we we bonded a lot over there in Halifax because we, we used to live in the same building, you know, everybody. So like we had a lot of fun together and I still talk to Peter Peter. I talked to uh Chris No. I talked to Elliot Siemens, you know? Yeah. Uh, I talked to Zach, you know. Um even Kodai, you know. I talked to to a lot of my teammates. I like I talked to Matthew also, Arnone Guti. Yeah, that's great. We had a, a really good time over there. Yeah, we had a good time over there. It was a, it was a fun, fun times over there in Halifax. You know. Um, my question also, going back to the Peruvian lake, you were mentioning that you were 33. So you know, the older you get, it's more difficult to play in high altitude. And Peru is well known because we have high altitude teams like Cinciano, Cusco FC, etc. So how difficult it's for you to play in uh, in high altitude cities against high altitude uh, football teams? For me, it has been good, man. You know, I've just I've just been trying to 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 be fit, and it hasn't it hasn't um, been a problem for me. You know, like right now, I think age, you know, like is of course it's gonna affect you in some ways, but. We have a lot of cases now that um, a lot of players are playing like in the best level of their lives, and, and they're 38, they're 37, 36, you know. So, like just being fit and just being like uh, a true professional is gonna help. Who's your uh, hardest p- opponent that you played against last year in the CPL? I don't, I don't remember his name though, but uh, I think he was like the tallest defender out of the league. He played in in I think Edmonton. He was did really it. tall, man. Like, was he did, yeah, did it? Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah. Wow, man. Like, I never, I never played against a defender like that. So big, man. So tall, and he was like also, um, like big. You know, like he had muscle. You know, he was strong, and he wasn't. He wasn't slow. You know, he wasn't that slow. So it was hard to play against him. You know. Yeah, he. Um... I think he he went on trial. I think uh, in the off season with uh with the Whitecaps. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he I think he we might see him move off if he has another great season. Um, he definitely definitely is a good player. Um, so yeah, so who was the uh, who was the most uh, skillful player on the Wanderers last year? Uh, I think it was between uh, Andre Rampasad and and Koray. between them two. You know. Nice. So many people have uh, have been talking about Rampersad. Like all the play- we've talked to a few players in the league outside of Halifax, um, and they all yeah. said that he's like probably one of the best players they played against. Like, like how good is he? He's really good, and and he has a lot of heart, man. You know, he has a lot of passion for the game. So, like, I'm pretty sure he's gonna he's gonna be like throughout the the seasons, or maybe this season. You know, he's gonna be one of the best players uh, of the league, you know. He has the potential, he has the drive, and he likes to have fun, you know. He, like, he likes to 
to play good, you know, to like he has like the South American side of playing, you know, that we like. Uh, I think he's gonna do good, man. Really good. Yeah, I think we might even I think we'll probably see him being called up for his national team pretty soon too. Um Oh definitely, definitely, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah, I think I think he's gonna play for the for his national team for sure. So um like obviously, like your your dad's a Colombian legend. <laughs> he played against, he played alongside Valderrama yeah. and played at two World Cups. Um, how much has how much has he yeah. uh, influenced your your career? Oh, a lot, man. You know, like ever since I was little, I've been I have been watching soccer, you know, closely. I've been through through locker rooms, you know. When I was little, I was I was I was always with him in the in the training. Um. Even in the World Cup in the United States, I went to the games. So he has he had a huge he has a huge play on um, a huge part of my soccer career. Always giving me the best advices and and just uh, letting me letting me be like how I am. You know, he never pushed me to do things. You know, like because he he played before. You know, he tried to always. Just lead by example, not not just by talking that much or imposing things, you know. So that's that's something that I always um, liked about him. And do you feel like a little bit of? Did you feel like a little bit of pressure when you started playing that you have to kind of live up to your dad? Oh uh, yeah, first yeah, man, of course. When when I because we, I started playing on the same team, you know that he he was a legend at me. So he won the Copa Libertadores with that team. So it was it was a lot of pressure when I started playing in that with that team and in Colombia. But when I left, I left to Peru. You know that's where uh, I left all that pressure. You know I just did a name for myself and started and started scoring goals a lot. You know so I built that built my confidence up. But um, at first, at the beginning, there was a lot of pressure for me, definitely. So you've won, um, you've you've won like quite a few like individual awards, like golden boots and stuff like that. Where where did you keep all your trophies? Yeah. Where did you keep all your trophies? <laughs> oh, they're they're in my house, you know, in, in Colombia, and in the house that we have in Miami also. Like my my mom is the one that um uh, is always trying to to save the trophies, my shirts, everything, the the medals. She has everything uh, of my dad, and she has mine also. So, um, uh, it's like my family loves soccer, so it's a it's a really good feeling, you know. Yeah, so it's like a, a it's like a big museum in the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not like a museum, you know, not like not like a big museum, but uh, we have a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> like mostly because of my dad, you know, my dad. He played with so many players, so many teams, you know, around the world that he has a lot of shirts and uh, he won a lot of trophies as well. He has pretty, he has pretty cool shirts, man. You know. Oh, I, I imagine like just ha- having Valderrama yeah. shirt alone would be incredible. So. Yeah, he has one. He has that for sure. Um, Luis, uh, this is pretty much related to Anthony's questions and uh, related about your dad. Um, you started your youth uh, in Atlético Nacional. If I'm not mistaken, um, yeah. so yeah. play. I know you're from Medellin, 
And there's two teams that are actually rivals. It's the Paisa Derby, what's it called? It's uh, the DIM, yeah. it's the Independiente of Medellin, and you have Atletico Nacional. Yeah. My question to you is, when you were a kid, uh, you started your youth in Atletico Nacional. Were it's something that you always wanted to do, or your dad, which played for both teams and is a lay-in in Atletico Nacional, uh, influenced that decision on you? No, I just I always liked that team, you know. I always liked Nacional because uh, when I when I was growing up, like my dad, um, like you said, he was a legend there. He he played there for many years, but he played more years for Nacional, you know, and he won a lot of trophies, a lot of games. So, like all my family are are from that team. So for me, it was an easy choice, you know. I always. Always wanted to play with that team, so it was a, a dream for me come true. You know, when I when I got the chance, uh, the really really solid choice. I like Atlético Nacional. I have a, a kid of Atlético Nacional. I like the team uh, because uh, yeah, Cueto. Uh, it's a Peruvian legend that used to play for Nacional, so that's how I always like Nacional. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and Rosa also played it. Yeah, of course. Um, And this is also like related to uh, your, your football career a little bit. Uh, you play for uh, different teams like over your career, but it seems like Peruvian teams are kind of like stand out in your resume. You play for San Martin, you play now for Carlos Stein. I think you guys, when, when you were in San Martin, that was the pride of San Martin. I think you played with Juan Diego Gutierrez there. And I think, I don't know, if that was the year that they won the title, but it was at its prime of the team. You play also for Sport Rosario, Sport Huancayo. Can you tell us more about that, that that Peruvian vibe that stands out in your resume that you always play for Peruvian teams? Yeah, like I have I always um, felt really nice here in Peru. Like since I came here to Leon de Huanuco when I was 23, like uh, since the beginning, I always show me respect, they always show me love. And I felt really comfortable here in Peru. And, and also, it's just because I have, I've scored so many goals here that that helps a lot, you know. It helps to to build your confidence. And people love me here. And um, I have a lot of good friends. And I think Peruvian soccer is pretty similar to the way we play in Colombia too, you know. Very skillful players, really good technique. We value playing, you know, the ball on the ground. Um, so that, those are things that I grew up with. So for me, just making the transition from Colombia to here, it was, was really nice. It was really easy. It felt natural. And uh, Peru is a, is a country that uh, it, has helped me. It's, it has helped me so much throughout my career that I've always been grateful to, to the country. That's great. That's great to hear. Not because I'm Peruvian. It's just because it's, 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 it's good to hear how you appreciate that open, you know, the door for you, which is really nice. Uh, that, yeah. That's good to hear. You also play in Chile, right? You play for Everton, Viña del Mar too. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. Yeah, that was a great experience, man. I, I played there. For six months, uh, we were playing in second division, and um, I scored a lot of goals there. I remember that um, uh, they gave me the number 10 shirt, you know. That was the first time wearing the number 10, and 
it was really special for me. Like they were expecting a lot for me. So we got to the finals to go up to this to the first division, you know, and on the last game I scored three goals. I scored a hat trick. And um but we tied, you know, the the other team tied us at the last minute. So we needed a win to 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 advance to the first division and it was it was hard, man. You you know, it was hard for me to to score three goals and not being able to to uh, to go up to the first division. So I only played there for six months because of that, you know, like the team wanted me to stay there, but I was gonna play in second division and for another six months or another year. So I didn't want that. So that's why I came back to Peru to mm-hmm. San Martin. And and yeah, man, but Chile it was it was a really good experience too. The city of Villa del Mar is it's really nice, beautiful city and I had a great time over there. Yeah. And I, I see also that you play in the MLS, you play for FC Dallas. Can you tell us some more a little bit about that? How was your experience playing in the MLS? Uh yeah, and the MLS it was a really nice nice experience, man. It was it was something um that happened like like a surprise, you know. I wasn't expect, expecting that, but uh, my dad had a contact over there in the, on the team. I think he was some director over there. I don't know. And then he he called me up. We got the deal, and then I went. And the bad thing about it, it was like the coach didn't know me. You know, like the coach didn't. He wasn't expecting me, so it was kind of hard for me to to bond with the coach and get into the chemistry of the team. So I only played there for uh, four months. And then I couldn't, I couldn't say there, you know. But um, there was a lot of Colombians playing on that team, so I had a fun time playing there. And play, I played for like four or five games, so on the league. So it was, it was a, it was a nice experience. That's great, that's, that's great to hear. What are your top three strikers? And I know one of them because I saw you wearing a, a Ronaldo Nazario. T-shirt, so I'm assuming you're gonna put him in your top three. But if you if feel free to put something else if you want <laughs> somebody else, I mean, for me, it's him. He's number one. Like, there's there's no one like him as a as a striker. You know, I think what he, what he did for for the for the game. You know, like he was like Michael Jordan. You know, of basketball back then. So definitely him and. Another striker that I like a lot is is Slatan Ibrahimovic. Another one is Adriano, you know, yeah. El Emperador. Adriano, the, the, the Brazilian. Like he he didn't play like a lot, you know. Like he didn't play that many years. He had some problems, you know, like personal problems, personal issues. But he was a monster, man. He was a he was a raw talent, like so good. He was so so strong. He had everything. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, he had everything. He had the technique. He had um, strength. He was he was so strong, you know. And he had the shot, like a power, you know, a really powerful shot. He had everything, and you know, the, the for me, one of the the best. Yeah, um, I saw Adriano um, for the Copa America final in 2014. No, uh, 2004. Sorry, uh, it was uh, Brazil against Argentina. The Copa America Peru was the host. So I went to the final, play there, and he was a beast. And I think I had so much faith on him because I think he's the closest player that I saw to emulate Ronaldo Nazario, you know, phenomenal. So I had 
I had so much faith in him, but yeah, those are three. Those choices are uh, uh, good. Good choices. Good choices there. Adriano was a was a a tank of a man, and it's just such a waste of talent. I know it sounds terrible, but he, he could he, he could have done so much in the game. It's it's crazy. If you're gonna play a five side game with any, um, but you need to play with players that you've played with, who would be on your five side team? Players that I yep. play with. Okay, I will play with uh, um, Camilo Zuniga. Like he used to play in, in in Colombia national team. I played with him in in, in Nacional. He's a really wow. good player. That's one. Mm, there was another player that I played with Argentinian. He's called it's called uh, Gustavo Roas. You know, he was he was a really good player. He played with Messi. Wow. You know, like when when he was growing up, he played with Messi, and he was considered better than Messi. And uh, who else? Giovanni Moreno. I played with him in 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 Colombia in Nacional. He used to play in Argentina. He played in the Colombian national team. Now he plays in China. He's been there for like six years, and he's the captain of the team. You know, like he's it's a really good player. Another one is Edwin Cardona. He played in Boca Juniors. He played in, in Colombia, also the national team. And now he plays in Mexico, I think. And the last one, let me think. Um, you can pick yourself, right? <laughs> it's your five-a-side team. <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that's it then. I'm, I'm the last one. <laughs> trust yourself, buddy. I'm the last one. Trust yourself. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, man. I'll be there scoring there all the goals. So, so uh, you've scored, you've scored like a, a lot of goals in your career. Uh, what's your? This is a hard question. What's your favorite goal you scored? Maybe one that I scored like from really far away. You know, like a a really hard shot like from far away in Peru when I was playing in León de Huánuco, 2010. Like we used to play in a city that was was really high, you know, in altitude. So. When you strike the ball over there, you know, you used to fly. <laughs> so I used to score a lot of goals over there, but, you know. So maybe, maybe, maybe that goal. Oh, no, you know, oh, maybe a goal that I scored like that also, like from really far away, but it was against Sporting Cristal when I was playing with another team in Peru, Sport Juan Cayo. Maybe, maybe that was a better goal because it was like a, against a really good team, like a really special team here in Peru so he had a really a really good meeting also you know nice uh, as I said you scored a lot of goals so they must be special for you to for them to stick out in your memory um, what was your uh, what was your favourite food here in Halifax my favourite food in Halifax no man no <laughs> do we have some Donair maybe <laughs> well well, I, I mean like your favourite no, no, like, I, I guess it. like your favourite it's like your favorite restaurant. Yeah, restaurant? I guess, uh, that's a better way to put it. Sorry. I don't know. Like, I didn't go out that much like, to, to eat you know, to restaurants like that. Domino's. <laughs> but, like, no, it was like, I, like, I used to go to, like, a, a vegan restaurant. I think it's called yeah. Envy, yeah. something like that. I, and I think, nice. Yeah, yeah right? Envy. It. Uh, down on down on yeah. down on Gullet, yeah. right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie is... Uh, it Leon de Guanaco, um, it's I think like the altitude of Leon de Guanaco is the tallest city in Peru, like taller than Cusco, you know. Um, 
they are playing, I think, second division or, or Copa Peru, if I'm not mistaken. If they come back, I think like that was the team that when you were in Peru, you scored the most goals. Like you scored like a total of 23 goals. If the team succeeds and they go to first division, they make it all the way up. I think they're under new management. I don't, I don't know. I have to research about it. Would you consider to to play for them? Yeah, why not? You know, like the last time that I went there, uh, I got a lot of love from the people there. They, they remember me a lot. And they even asked me the same question. And I said, yeah, like, it's something that uh, I will have to consider. But um, why not? Definitely, you know, so the city that I have a lot of good memories and people like me over there. And The fans in Halifax always remember you because as we were discussing earlier, like you score in our home opener, you're in the books of history for the Halifax Wonders because you were you scored the second goal and it was a home opener. Like the fans always remember you. Do you have a message for the fans? Because people always ask for you and they, they always remember you. What are your two questions? Like what are your best memories in Halifax? And the second one is a message to the fans that are um, that will be listening to you talking. The best memories are definitely the the home opener, you know, like the score, the goal that I scored over there, you know, like that's that's the that's the highlight of 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 my yeah my experience there in Halifax, and also the fans, you know, the fans just being able to to bond like that with the fans and just being so close in, in, in each game, you know, like that was something different. Uh, for me to experience and we were part of something new you know so it was really different for me also I'd never been to a team that it was so new everything was new uh, even like the sport like in the city was new so it was a, lot, a great experience and a message for the people for the fans are like uh, that um, I would really go I would really like to go back over there even if I don't play for the team, just just to visit the city. I have a lot of good friends over there. Uh, for me, like the best people in, in Canada are the people in Halifax. They're so nice, so friendly, and they made me feel good, you know. It made me feel like home, like I always say. And I really think they're going to have the best fans in the in the country, for sure, you know, like. And I think the staff that are working over there in the team, they're going to build a better stadium you know, and start doing better things over there. So keep it up and I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll we're see forward you guys to, soon. To have you over and, you know, visiting Halifax, definitely, you know, I'm sure that if you come for a visit and if you just like visit the Wonders Browns of France, the kitchen will love it, you know, having you there because you're a legend. Like, you know, you're, as I was saying, like you're in the, in the books of history of the Halifax Wonders. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show, man. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to hang out with us. Um, when you do come back to Canada, uh, don't go anywhere near Pacific or Victoria because you're probably not welcome there because uh, you scored against them. So uh, uh, th- thank you so much, man, and uh, make sure to take care of yourself. Yeah, man. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. and. I hope to see you guys soon uh, when I go when I go back to Halifax for sure. Awesome. Man. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. Thank you to our guests this week, Aaron McAneff and Lewis Perea. 
thank you to Carlos for hanging out and asking some questions as well. As always, you can head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much to all the listeners. We really do appreciate the support. Until next time, cheers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.